Awesome. Turn with me to uh, Luke 2.49. It's a small little statement that a 12-year-old Jesus uh, declares. Uh, and I want to go into this, and I kind of want to make this, this passage our banner over the next two weeks, um, just to, to really create a sense of what I'm going to talk on. Um, and allow the Holy Spirit to, re- to reveal and continually reveal a, a new revelation of what Jesus is saying here. And so Luke 2.49 says this, and he said to them, why did you seek me? So he's talking to his mom. He's talking to his dad. He's talking to Joseph and Mary. Why did you seek me? Do you n- did you not know that I must? Everybody say must. I must be about my father's business. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you that you open up our hearts. That, Lord, every time we encounter the word, we, we transform into your likeness. Lord, help us to be more like you in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said... I must be about my father's business. See, there's a big difference between borrowing something and owning something. Uh, years ago at an album recording, we, we borrowed 21 vintage electric guitars. It was awesome. Each, uh, all 21 guitars were worth way over $100,000. Uh, so uh, after each song, someone brought me a new guitar, and I, I tried out these vintage guitars. But the, the sad thing was, the next day I had to give them back because I didn't, there was no ownership. In the same way with an Airbnb compared to owning your house. You, you step into an Airbnb and enjoy that moment for a, just a, a small window of time. But when there's ownership, there's investment. When there's ownership, there's an all-in mentality. When there's ownership, there's, you have a legal right that you have just purchased that home. And Jesus, at the age of 12, is displaying a sense of powerful ownership, this commitment that goes beyond words, this commitment that goes beyond scratching your religious itch on Sundays, this commitment that goes into a deep place of the heart, to the cavern of our heart, and he's displaying a to a generation and to generations to come, I must, this is the son of God, I must be about my father's business. This love, this desire, this unbreakable passion, zeal, uh, commitment to, to one thing, to this mission, to this assignment, to have such clear focus. He, he tuned out the noise of the world and he focused upon the one voice that called him into reaching a generation. And so at the age of 30, for three plus years, he then went on this journey of extreme focus, bringing and preaching the kingdom of God, having compassion on all that were sick and lame and and hurting, revealing an obsession to reveal the goodness of the Father. An obsession to reveal the goodness of the Father. And of course, there was trials. The devil came in on on his desert moment and tried to tempt him to distort the word of God. And Peter tried to come against Jesus and said, no, 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 no. You you don't need to take the path, the treacherous path of the cross. But see, ownership prevailed. And see, God wants a sense of ownership in our lives when it comes to the kingdom of God, the call of God in your life, and the relationship that we walk with him every single day. What is ownership? An ownership mindset means taking responsibility for outcomes and being empowered to make the decisions that will lead to those outcomes. It's one thing taking, trying to get your kids, parents in this place, to get ownership of the dishes. I wish I was a, a prevalent, prevailing parent that had awesome, wise wisdom on how to do that. I'm still like, kids, you said you're gonna do the dishes, but they're not done. It's like, I just, I just need to have that moment where we don't clean any dish and they just have to start eating off of you know, their hands. Well, I don't know. 
ownership of their teeth, you know? Like, just get all that yellow plaque off right now in Jesus' name, now. But God desires, and he's put throughout his word to build a sense of ownership within us. The sense of that I am in charge of the outcome. That as long as on my watch, that it's my duty, it's my job, it's not the pastor's job, it's not that awesome super on fire Christian's job, it's my job. Seek first the kingdom of God. In other words, he's saying, I want you to have ownership, a partnership of this thing called the kingdom. Ownership of spreading the gospel, being a beacon of hope and light. I want you to be the salt in your school. I want you to be the voice, uh, the positive voice erupting and disrupting the negative voice that is cramming itself into every sphere of society. I want you to pray my will, not yours. I want you to die to yourself. I want you to take up your cross. In other words, I want you to own the must of what I said to be about my father's business. Let me ask you this question. Do you own the must? Every single one of us want to own the must. Every single one of us, there's a bias, there's a, there's a, there's a DNA, there's a makeup within each and every one of us that we have been impassioned and purposed by him, by the creator himself, and we desire to own the must to be about the Father's business. But we gotta understand how. How can we take ownership? You see, to be about the Father's business, and that's why I wanna spread this across two weeks, but to be about the Father's business, we, we first have to come into a recognition of an ever-growing, continual revelation of God the Father. God the Father, in the sense that and there's always new dimensions, and you know, like we, we, you can't go into a church and, and we, we talk about Jesus. And you know, you know, this church, we love the Holy Spirit, but he is a triune God. He's divine in, in his trinity and, and the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the Father's so obsessed with the Son, he's like, look, look at my Son, look at my Son, look at my Son. And Jesus is so, so obsessed with the Father, he's like, Dad, look, that's my Papa right there. That's my, that's my Papa. And the Holy Spirit's just like, oh, look at Jesus and look at the Father. I, just, I'm, I love being a part of this trinity. That was Aaron's made up version. <laughs> but just flow with me, okay? John 14, six says this, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So two main elements, check this out. He's saying, I'm the way, but yet there's a destination. A lot of Christians, a lot of Christians are on their way, but they've never gone to the destination of knowing Abba Father, of knowing their Papa, having a full revelation, a restorative narrative of who he is in the fullness of him as father. Yes, he's a wise counselor. Yes, he is God Almighty. Yes, he is Jehovah Jireh. Yes, he is every other name, but above all, he is the father of all. Oh, and it's just so, I just, I love, I love, I love communicating on this because some of us have grown up with abusive fathers. Some of us have grown up with uh, emotionally distant fathers. Um, demanding or controlling fathers. Um, I grew up with a very absent father, you know, like being on the sidelines at, uh, at uh, football games and hoping that you'd have the applause of, applause of your father, but he didn't make it once again. Or, you know, one time I was, 
Uh, and just to, to, to let the Lincolns know straight, thank God, when I came back from Australia, me and my dad have an ever-growing, awesome relationship now, which is awesome. But um, I remember being the age of seven or eight, and we were at a church, and I was upstairs playing, uh, and uh, my, my dad was giving my, my brother and my older brother a, a piano lesson, and I, I heard the piano, and I'm like, oh, cool, let me go play with my brother and my, and my dad on the piano. And so I ran downstairs, tried to get in their way, and tried to, you know, tried to play it on the piano. My dad looked at me, and he goes, Aaron, get back upstairs. I'm trying to teach your brother how to play piano. And I just got rejected and pushed away. And, and so a lot of us deal with, you know, a, a partial distorted view of who our Heavenly Father is. God the Father. Who is He in our lives? And how can we, how can we truly own the business of our Daddy in Heaven if we don't know our Dad Himself? And God wants to unlock something inside of us. He wants to set us up in a place where we don't have to hesitate when the Holy Spirit speaks because when the Holy Spirit speaks, he's speaking the heartbeat of the Father. When the Holy Spirit downloads something into our hearts, he's, he's convicting or convincing or transforming us because it's, it's all been downloaded by the Father. And he has, a, he, has a, he has a desire and an outcome because I wanna know the Father that Psalm 1830 says that his ways are perfect. That, that, that he is a faithful God who does no wrong, that he's upright and just, that, that he makes, that now this, this just shows me that he is the perfect father that I never had, the perfect father that you never had, despite who your dad was, your natural dad, and what he did or where he was and wasn't, despite all that, God wants to restore this to the place where Jesus in Gethsemane just declares, declares to all humanity, Abba, Father, he cries, please take this cup of suffering from me. Isn't it amazing that Jesus was given the, the privilege of announcing to humanity that he is God the Father. Pray like this, our Father who was out in heaven. He gave God, in Genesis, it didn't say in the beginning, our Father. It was in the beginning, God. Jesus had the privilege, and by the Spirit of God, we now come into a place where the Spirit through us declares and cries out for God. Your Spirit is crying out for a new relationship, a fresh dimension, a, a new revelation of, of, of Father God himself. And it can change everything. Let me tell you, it can change, it can change everything. It can change how you, how, you, how, you, how, you, how you do your marriage. It can change how you parent. It can change your friendships. It can change. It, it literally, I was in Colorado Springs, and I was a broken, rejected kid, and I, I was just now stepping into a, a, my journey with Jesus, and I don't know why I do all these moves, but I do. It's just, <laughs> seriously, I look back at social media, I'm like, Aaron, stop it. What are you doing? Like, just be honest and vulnerable with you guys. I can't watch myself preach. I just hate watching. I know I'm supposed to to get better. I just can't do it because I do things like that. <laughs> Two weeks ago at the 12 p.m. service, I started singing I Swear to Becky. I swear. Someone wants to sing it. Come on, guys, you know it. By the moon <laughs> No, Pastor Rick, no, no, don't, don't. But um, come back. Today, I want to build a foundation that our Heavenly Father longs, longs to open you up to a blossoming revelation of who He is this intimacy that can be enjoyed, that he actually enjoys you, 
despite what you've done, what you've gone through. Maybe you've, you handled that, that situation wrong or that work uh, situation wrong and you went bankrupt. Or He enjoys you and it's this heart of the Father that needs to prevail in our land because if we're gonna be about his business, coming against injustice, if we're gonna be about his business, establishing biblical righteousness, if we're gonna be about his business and putting our hand in the air that I am unashamed of the gospel, that in this season, in this end times, in this moment of history, if we're gonna be that, we have to carry the heart of the Father. We have to be just as obsessed as Jesus was when, when unveiling, look, look, I wanna take the curtain, I wanna throw it away. The Father accepts you because of my sacrifice. Look, I wanna restore you to the Father. It's my blood, it's not your blood, it's my words, it's not your words. You, you, you don't have to do a thing except surrender because the Father loves you and he wants to enjoy you and he wants to show you how he accepted you and he washed you with his son for God so loved the world means for God so loved you father God must dominate so how does ownership start it's like Jesus sums up the OT commandments in this one commandment and I looked at that my holy spirit what are you trying to say and he's like so really ownership is unlocked through commandment the flesh wants to rebel against commandment. My flesh still rebels to the speed limit. I'm just being open, can I, can I be honest? So when, if the speed limit's 35, I will go 41. And not just 41, but I'll, I'll, I'll uh, do the saving. What's it called? Cruise control. Yeah, that, I'll, I'll press cruise control and I'll stay on 41. If it's 75, I go 81. It's just how it is. But this one word commandment. Now, let me unlock this word commandment because commandment to the intellect and to the flesh is offensive. The word commandment, like, I'm not going to, no, I don't want a God that commands me. But now twist it to the perception of a loving father when he's commanding us. In Malachi 2.4, he unveils to us, and you will know that I have sent you. This is God. And you will know that I have sent you this warning this commandment, so that, why? My covenant with Levi may continue, says the Lord God Almighty. So in other words, commandments are meant to connect us to covenant, which, means, which is meant to connect us to encounters, and the end result of encounter is transformation. So in other words, God has commanded, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. This is going to sum up everything. This is going to ratify it all. But in this one commandment, I want to establish covenant with you and this covenant relationship that, that's ever-growing, ever-continual, intimate revelation of who the Father is, who the Son is, and who the Holy Spirit is. And I want to establish this covenant because there, you're not going to just preach doctrine now. You're, now you're going to live experientially. And this experience experience is going to result in transformation. So when someone knocks on your door and you answer the door, that ain't, no, that ain't the old Pastor Big Rick from the 1990s. That is a brand new Pastor Rick. And not just Pastor Rick, but on social media, it's Pastor Big Rick in Jesus' name. Malachi 2.5 says this, my covenant was with him, a covenant of life and peace. So in other words, God gives a commandment to unlock covenant and to encounter life 
and peace. It's like going to a hotel or a resort and everything's paid for. It's all in that, life abundantly. So he gives us this commandment to unlock us into a place of setting us into a place of liberty and freedom to abide what he's called us to do and have a sense of ownership in owning the must of our father's business. Write this down. Number one is this. So how do we get there? Ownership is developed in our pursuit of the heart of the father. So it's developed. So in other words, um, you know, over the years, I've, I've said this before, but over the last seven years, um, you know, people have judged me and my wife, this church, from afar. And it's, a, it's, it's humanity, right? You're going you're gonna to get that. And, you know, like I've said before, we've been called the angry political church. Um, my brother told me um, that the word of mouth is in this region, that uh, this was in Christmas. He told me that, uh, that uh, the word about our church is that we are the Holy Spirit-filled Republican gun-carrying church. And I was just talking to one of our eldest uh, members outside after the 8 a.m. service, and uh, Lorraine, and, and I go, one day I might have to pack and preach at the same time. And she goes, if you pack, I'll conceal as well. I've got, I got a concealing license. And I'm like, everything inside of me is going, God bless America. America. God bless America. Why do I do this? Um, ownership is developed in the pursuit of the heart of the Father. So, if you had a, a coffee with me, you would hear the heart, the very beat of why and who and the vision and, and hopefully catch what the Holy Spirit has done in and through us. So in, in the same way, in 2001, when I moved to Australia, I was, uh, we had a uh, Christian artist, a music artist, uh, come and, and do a couple items on the Sunday night, at the ser Sunday night service. And, uh, you know, there was a bad rap about him. He kind of, he, he swore on stage sometimes. And, um, I'll, you know, I'm not going to swear, but um, he swore on stage and, and he, we, we brought him to lunch at Pastor Mark and Lee's house afterwards. And, you know, I, from afar, you know, I started to join in with the opinions of everybody else. But I had a, not just a 30-minute session, not just an hour, but a two-hour uh, window of just talking and hearing his heart and him sharing his vision and his, and his, and his passion. And uh, his, his passion was to restore grace to the church and not judgment. And so he, he used a swearing as a way to offend the religious. And, and I'm like, oh, I, I've never seen it that way. I don't know if the Holy Spirit will tell me it to do that way. I don't know, but... <laughs> But not only that did I hear his heart, but all of a sudden he starts pouring into uh, the song. He, I, I want to hear your songs. Show me your songs. And so I started showing him my songs, and he started critiquing my songs. And I'm like, man, oh, my gosh, this guy, I, I, would, I would now go uh, you know, take a bullet for this guy because I'm starting to get to know him. And the, the same thing is like our relationship, our, the pursuit of the Father has to never cease. 
there has to be a passion to develop that ever-growing continual intimacy into me see every single day and starts in the mornings. It starts when you, when you, when you breathe your first knowledgeable breath every single morning that you come to a place of going, Abba, Father, I want to know you. I want to pursue you. I want to be like David, a man after your heart. I don't want to be content with just a partial revelation, a partial revelation that just frustrates me and throws me back into religion. I don't want to be thrusted back into religion. I want to live a thriving life with a relationship with the creator of the universe. And I want a knowledge of my father. I want to know what he's saying. If he's speaking to Abraham in some ways, I want to know what he says to this church. I want to know what he says to this city. I want to know what he says. And I'm going to, I'm going to wait, even if I have to wait at like a dog for scraps, I'm going to wait at the, at the, at the, at the table of my father until he speaks to me and, and, and until I'm promoted to a place where the, I can actually hear the voice, hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying to this church. I can, I believe we can be a nation shaker. I believe as a church, we can rattle this nation. I believe as a church, we can develop such an intimacy with the spirit of God. I mean, even last week, um, you guys wouldn't have known about it, the 10 a.m. service. Um, a Grubhub driver dropped off before the 10 a.m., uh, dropped off the breakfast burritos for our creative team. And he comes in the lobby and he goes, oh my gosh, what is this feeling? What is, this, what is in this place? He goes, there's a presence here. He goes, he goes, I'm canceling the rest of my schedule. I need to come into service. So he came into the 10 a.m. service and he listened to Brandon preach. And then he gave his heart to Christ afterwards. The father is beckoning his children. He knew this, this man was battling demons. He knew this man was battling with addiction. He knew this man and the trajectory of the course of his life. He knew that he needed a crash course with the presence of God and with the spirit of God. So after the 10 a.m., he goes out to his car and says he's gonna, gonna go to lunch. He gets plastered, comes back to the 12 p.m. service, passes out during the service, wakes up out after he's been plastered in the middle of the service, wakes up and starts swearing because he doesn't know where he is. He's swearing out loud in, in the service. So once again, thank you for being a disruptive church and an uncomfortable church and all of a sudden a team of us take him out there and start to do deliverance with him and start to lead him the Holy Spirit and start to see God change in his life. Why? Because we're developing our pursuit with the Father and it's not just, it's not just about uh, accolades. It's not just uh, AaronLucas.com come and you know, be a part of my ministry and be a part of all that God's doing and, and it's not that because I don't ever want to get to the point. I don't want to ever get to the point where my son and this is point number two. Ownership is impassioned through sonship. I don't want to ever get to the point where I'm after God's gifts. I'm after the breakthrough. I'm after the, the, the manifestations. I'm after the evangelistic campaigns. I'm, uh, and I have little zeal for the Holy Spirit and his ministry. I, I, I want to, to, to develop a, a place where there's an encounter, where there's covenant, where there's a beauty of experience and, and knowledge of affection embraced with the Spirit of God. Because Bill Johnson says this, to show passion for God only in ministry is professional intimacy. And we have a name for those who are intimate as a profession. If we're not in, in pursuit of the Father and we're not impassioned through sonship, we start to religiously do the duty and we prostitute the ministry of the Holy Spirit. It's a heavy word, 
But the reality is, is that a church needs to rise in their sonship. A church needs to rise in the knowledge of, of who, who I am and, and through Christ. Now, who am I? This, this intimacy. Do you guys really realize you have your most desperate, urgent need is not another breath to breathe. Your most desperate, urgent need is to be intimate with him. We have to recognize we have to pursue it. We have to be saturated in it. We have to be baptized in his love, this ongoing value of intimacy with him. Ownership of this, this, this relationship, and David exuded this relationship of a man after God's own heart so beautifully. We know this. Uh, no matter what, where he was in the fields, um, fighting in the bear or the lion or Goliath, he was always about the father's business. He was always about bringing justice. Yes, he made some mistakes, but David was about the father's business. He encapsulated the must of the moment. And I love what it says in Acts. Let me just find the passage. I love what it says in Acts 13, 22. It says, after removing Saul, if I could have the keys out, that'd be awesome. He made David their king. God testified concerning him. I have found David, son of Jesse. I love this. This is, this, is old, this is New Testament. Talking about David, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after God's own heart, and he will do everything I want him to do. So in other words, through intimacy, through friendship, there comes obedience, and obedience unlocks the door to the very power of heaven to see the supernatural blow up to see God do extraordinary things through in and through your life. Do you realize you need the intimacy of God so much that every day that you come to him, just like we, we take communion, every day we're going, God, thank you that I am a son, that I'm adopted into your family. Thank you that I've just been privileged and, and I, I, you put that signet ring on my finger just like you did the prodigal son and no matter what I've done, or, or, or you just accept me and you love me and you wash me and you transform me and God, every day that I can come into this sonship and because of that, I will know him and do incredible exploits. God wants you to do the most unfathomable things, but we've got to recognize I cannot accomplish God's assignment for my life without his stamp, without his endorsement, without his favor, without his, his, uh, the revelation of sonship flowing in and through me. And number three is this. Ownership is impassioned, or sorry, ownership is outworked through, through faith. Ownership is outworked through faith. Hebrews 11 says this, and what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, about David, Samuel, and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword. There was an ownership of their faith, and God is knocking on the door of your heart asking you, would you own this garden that I put in front of you to cultivate? Would you own the very churning of the soil, the preparation, the gathering of the seeds, the watering, the daily management of this garden of faith? Would you take ownership and, and start to outwork it like that couple did where they so stubbornly started to call prostitute hotlines? Would you take ownership in your university and start to look at your position? Maybe God didn't just put you there to get a degree. Maybe God has, has assigned you as an ambassador to that university to see, to see a generation of young minds that will eventually one day lead this land. 
come into an encounter with an example of someone that took the ownership of the must, that doesn't just claim and, and debate with doctrine, but lives a lifestyle with the fruit of the Spirit of God. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Jesus, I just thank you, Father. I pray for a, a beautiful, intimate, ever-growing, continual revelation of you, God the Father. That, Lord, that you'd mend maybe some hearts in this room that, that have never felt the, the embrace of a loving Father. A loving Father that had them on their mind or thought the best about them. Maybe the, there's a restoration that needs to happen. Maybe a, a, a severing between father and son, father and daughter. And Lord, yes, you want to do that naturally, but God, would you, just, would you just pour out the love of the Father right now? Would you pour out the love of the Father and start to fill that ache, that void in people's hearts that we all so desire and need? And just restore it, Lord, just, just to build that foundation of ownership that foundation that, that, Lord, we're not just gonna scratch the surface of, of just a, attending Sundays, but Lord, we're gonna position ourselves all in, invested with legal authority, with, with the rights given by the, the big boss himself. So Father, I just pray over this congregation that, Lord, the, the Father's heart, Lord, would be revealed and that we'd become obsessed with revealing the goodness and the faithfulness of who you are in Jesus' mighty name. And every eye closed and head bowed in this place, I wanna knock on the door of your heart today, online or in this room. Maybe you're far from God. Maybe years ago you, you gave your heart to Jesus, but now you've you just accepted an invitation and now you're back at church and you wanna recommit your life to Jesus. Or maybe you're here in this place and you've never asked Jesus to become your Lord and your Savior. You've never invited him in by saying, Jesus, I'm so sorry. I repent of the way I've been living. I repent of the sin. I know I, I see I need a savior. I need you. Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life. I, the Bible says if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we believe all that he's done, that he died on the cross for our sin and shame, that three days later he rose again, defeating death to give us the gift of eternal life, that without Jesus as Lord and Savior of our hearts, we're gonna live a, 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 through eternity separated from God. But he's knocking on the door of your heart, giving you an opportunity right now. On the count of three, if that's you, you say, yes, Pastor Aaron, please pray with me. I want to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's you on the count of three. One, two, three, just raise your hand. Just give me a wave. I'd love to pray with you today. We wanna to make sure that everybody in this room has had the opportunity online. Awesome, so good. All right, everybody look this way. So during the summer, we, we amp things up. We, we love what God's doing. And so just get ready uh, for what God's gonna do and um, the sense of ownership is gonna grip us. We're in a time in history, uh, a time in our nation that we cannot be a, a slumber. We cannot be asleep. We have to be awake. And that, uh, that, that, uh, that heartache, that attitude of just being all in and seeing what Jesus can do in and through us. And I'm telling you, we are going to, we're gonna shake this city. We're gonna, we're gonna shake this nation. And God's gonna use you in such a profound way in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Come on, let's give God a shout of praise.